To this day, I still remember waking up to the familiar noises, food being cooked with the heavy smell of oil, and the TV on, either Chenchen Univision or Telemundo for the noticias on the weekdays, or some nature show or random commercial on the weekends just as background noise. As I wake up, I hear my dad call to me. Hey, mijo, ya es tarde, a levantarse, a trabajar. Those words that I dread to hear as a child, but I understand now even more as an adult. Correle, que ya hice de comer y un cafecito con leche. As I stood up, still a bit drowsy, the smell rushed to me immediately. Warm milk with the instant coffee mixed into it. Unos huevitos con frijoles and meat. Or just some pan dulce. What seemed like a normal breakfast back then, now I consider it to be the breakfast of true champions. As I go through the motions of getting ready and eating, my dad and I begin to discuss what work we have to do. Sometimes digging, sometimes chopping wood, other times landscaping, and at worst, working through snow or cold weather to bring in those five dollars home. As we finish up, he fills his and my mug up with some more coffee for the road. We grab our bag of lunch and head out. Off to work on whatever we have to do today to get paid. Nadie te va a pagar esos cinco dólares sentado en el sillón. Nobody's gonna pay you those five dollars sitting down on the couch. That was a really common saying growing up from both of my parents both my dad and my mom. When it came to bringing in money and making a living, there was only so much you can do as an illegal immigrant. Now that I'm a U.S. citizen and I'm actually a little bit more fortunate to be able to kind of choose and pick what I want to do, where I want to go, who I want to work with, it wasn't so simple back then. Sometimes I would hear, trabajo es trabajo, se tiene que hacer. Other times I would hear, es un sacrificio. And it's very true, even to this day, when we really start to think about how a lot of the people that I still know, and maybe a lot of people that you still know, are still within these conditions where, where the jobs haven't really changed for them. At least not the availability, but it's actually been a lot more difficult, especially with current situations where that continuous rhetoric of illegals here are stealing the jobs. Illegals here are causing the problems. Illegals here are the ones bringing in the poverty. They're bringing in the criminals. They're bringing in the rapists, the murderers. Every single type of person that is not worthy or deemed worthy to be able to enter the country. But what I want to get across with this episode and what I'm about to talk to you about is that just like Every single person that is currently out there working, regardless of what background they're from, they're from Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, they're from China, they're from Ghana, Nigeria, Guinea, Yugoslavia, Croatia, Russia, China, Japan, Tibet, Vietnam, Australia, anywhere across the world, they're still here doing a job, trying to do an honest job. Now, I can't speak for everybody. From what I know with the people that I've met and my own personal experience, anybody who comes to this country is always looking for something better. And it begins with doing the menial jobs, doing the jobs that nobody wants to do, doing everything that is deemed 
lesser, of peasant, near slavery, almost to an existential crisis of slavery. And we, as a quote-unquote developed society, fail to understand that very much. And I want to bring up those points thoroughly because we have to understand that things cannot get done without these jobs being manned. And the people that are manning them are the ones willing to do the job. Not because it's high paying, not because it's accomplishing, not because it's going to bring the experience and the the job security that is needed. No, it's because it's the only thing that's available, but it's what's available that's going to be able to make them a little bit more prosperous. At least bring in that money's worth for today's food. Bring in that money's worth to be able to handle those small bills. To be able to bring in whatever is necessary to be able to survive in this now even more hostile environment. So to start it off, I want to put a lot of emphasis on all of these jobs. And I won't just be focusing on Hispanos, Latin, Latinx, however you want to identify, however you want to say it. I'm just trying to bring everybody into perspective. Is that I want to give a shout out to the pickers out there. The backbreaking people that are bringing all the fresh produce to your grocery stores, even while the pandemic was going. I want to bring attention to our janitorial staff, the people that are making sure that those hallways are clean, that your desk is swept up, that the bathrooms are stocked up, that there isn't any problem with debris, dirt, or things out there, even though still, while the pandemic was going, their job wasn't so necessary, but it was there. To the construction workers, to the ones who are still continuously doing something, building the rest of this country, taking in those hard labor jobs, working those days from sun up to sundown sometimes, laying down foundations, bringing up walls, and creating establishments which people live in, as well as the considered low-level service industry, from waiters, service, fast food servers, everybody and anybody who's been in that situation. I want to bring this shout out to them because they are honestly the true backbone of what it is to be an American. And they are the exemplification of what it is to be an American. Especially when it comes to who mans those jobs, it's going to be a lot of illegal immigrants. It's going to be a lot of illegal people, regardless of who you are from the world, where you are from in this world. There are still some obstacles, obviously, when it comes to to doing a job somewhere in the fast food industry where you still have to maintain a social security number, you still have to have some sort of identification to be able to to work in those jobs. But it wasn't always like that. I still remember to this day when I heard about the ice sweeps going around the entire country where, in fact, my hometown, the small town of Fernley, Nevada, was actually hit with one of those raids. And a lot of people were caught up in that. And what I want to bring emphasis on that was because there was a lot of people that were working at one of the fast food establishments, at a lot of fast food establishments during that time, that were illegal. Because not only were they working for a legitimate company, they were working for a company and they were working under the managerial staff of people that were willing to risk some sort of penalty for hiring them as illegals using fraudulent identification, just like a lot of people do still to this day. And I don't want to say that it's an obscure fact 
that people don't work under false identities because of these new updates in the system and ways to be able to to try to verify who's legal, who's not legal. Even that's not 100% foolproof. There's still ways around the system. But these were common things that, that tended to happen during that time frame where all these people that were hired were using false identification. And luckily for, for my family, nobody was caught up in that. Nobody that I knew immediately from my family was in that situation where they ended up getting taken to an ICE detention facility after the sweeps. So that's one of those common things that still day-to-day people who come here illegally have to be able to, to watch out for. And for what reason, for, for what undeniable fact is the, only, is the only fact that they're here working illegally. They are still, quote-unquote, stealing somebody's job. But I want to bring that into perspective. A job that is not being done by somebody who's complaining about it is a job being done by somebody who's willing to be able to do that job. I want to talk about an experience where I worked at a Chinese restaurant. If you've heard and if you've known of situations where people will literally be working for less than minimum wage, I was in one of those situations. I was never in a suffering situation. I was never in an outright complete distraught financial situation growing up but we did have our struggles to the extent where I had to take this job just like many other jobs but I want to point out this job very specifically because this individual knew exactly what he was doing I'm not going to name any names I'm not going to bring down any establishments the only thing that needs to be known and understood is that while I was doing this job I was being shafted with the amount of hours I was working with the amount of responsibility I was put under because not only was I working under the table receiving cash money for the hours I was putting in every single time that I would turn in my timesheet for my pay there would always be hours missing I would always be lacking hours because oh you took a break during this time oh you did this oh you came in this at this exact same time rather than the allotted time or the intended time for you to come in. And I shrugged it off because I was still in that fearful, a bit of a fearful situation where if I didn't take this job, what was I going to do? I didn't have any money. I was about 16, maybe 17, still no papers, still in school, still trying to find a way to be able to, to do something with my life that I know wasn't completely possible until after, until many, many years after. And then other things that, that come into mind when I'm talking and feeling in, about this job again, just thinking about it, is that not only was I a dishwasher, I was also a prep cook for, for this establishment. And at a certain point, I even became a busboy slash server for this establishment to where, to an extent, even my tips were, were being garnished, being stolen from me out of my hard work to where even some of the patrons that went to go visit and eat at this restaurant would hand me the tips directly or would sneak them to me under the table and be like, here, this is for you. We know he doesn't give people tips. We know he doesn't tip his servers. We've heard stories. We like the establishment. We like the way that he cooks, that the cook in the back does. We like the way it runs. We just don't like the way that he's doing business with you guys. So we'd rather help you out directly than have him 
shaft you guys, have the, the establishment screw you guys over. So these are things we, we have had to put up with when it comes to the job market, to the available jobs that we're able to do without any scrutiny from establishments, from, from federal agencies, from, from local enforcements of any sorts. Having to put up with, with abuse, with theft, with overbearing responsibility, with scrutiny, just because we're the ones doing the job and they can, and whoever is hiring these people, whoever was hiring me, understood this dynamic of, I have leverage over you. And if you don't do how I do it, how I tell you to do it as you're supposed to do it, you have nothing left. There is nothing left for you here other than me turning you in or firing you, even if it is that you're doing the job less than minimum wage with more responsibilities that you should be doing with an allotted amount of hours that nobody should be working. Now, what I do want to clarify about this job, working as server slash dishwasher slash prep cook slash waiter slash whatever it was that I was doing at the time for this establishment, is that it wasn't difficult but it was emotionally draining. It was disheartening at times because of the, the situation that I was in, the situation that I had to put up with, and that I could not speak out about these things at that age, at that time. Out of the many jobs that I've had, a lot of them have always been in the service industry. And a lot of this I actually attribute to, to my mother, who, who worked at a lot of the restaurants in my hometown as a head waitress, as a server, as a dishwasher, as a prep cook for, for another restaurant as well. She's, she's had a lot of experience with that, and she's the one that actually got me into it when it came to, to actually doing these jobs. And the experience that I learned from these jobs was very helpful because now I'm actually able to work customer service. But I also began to understand that these are also extra jobs that currently right now with the market the way it is, with the way the establishment is, with the whole pandemic situation, with the whole economics of people leaving jobs and nobody wants to hire, is that there's going to be somebody to pick these jobs up. And it's not always going to be in the way or in the matter that's going to be intended to, like the government intends to. Because at a certain point, establishments are going to have to do what they have to do to be able to stay afloat even if that means hiring illegal personnel and paying them under the table and possibly stealing their wages to a certain extent, cutting their hours, even though they've been putting in so many hours, not paying them their due tips because it's the restaurant's tips, not the server's tips, things like that. The other thing I want to bring attention to is also the current situation with the field workers. The field workers are, are currently in a very dire situation right now where demand is superseding productivity. And as well with the whole reestablishment of having to take care of all these illegals, trying to kick them out, trying to put them back to their country and have them go through the system. And I'm going to be honest, I would 100% absolutely love if we could actually get everybody here legally but feasibly and tangibly, that's not possible. At least not the way that the immigration system is set up right now. And I'll eventually talk about the immigration system because that is something that I had to navigate personally at the age of 17 while working 
to try to establish my mother's and my citizenship, my residency, our residency in the country with some help and assistance. But navigating all of these things, all these obstacles was something that brought into light to me that no matter how much we would like to make it possible that how some politicians and some people want to say, well, why can't these people just come into the country legally and work legally? If only you understood how convoluted the immigration system was and how backed up and under-resourced and as well as undermanned and just convoluted it is, you would have some sort of greater idea that this is not something within our control to be able to do it. It would take years, the way the system is set up right now, to be able to get everybody here legally. Even if it was for a tangible time, about two to three years on a work visa. These are things, these are obstacles that are still put in the way when it comes to, to the demand and the farm workers and the establishments of, of who's running this country. So to move on, I want to just bring in one last thing to that. It's easy to judge from the sidelines. Even at my point in time, it's easy to judge from the sidelines about a job that you've never done or a system you don't understand because you don't have to deal with it. But once you've been there, once you understand, when you when you recognize and have seen the trials, tribulations, and hurdles that people go to be able to try to maintain a job, to be able to try to do a job here in the best way possible, not only for their benefit, but for the benefit of their families without causing any problems, without bringing any attention to them, you'll truly understand why things are so simple to speak on, just to speak on. There's been a lot of advancements too with the farm workers movement in California where a lot of these farm workers unions are actually trying to reestablish themselves to be able to get that representation and that freedom to be able to work in the fields in a job that's available. These movements are helping out all over the country, not just in California, but also in the southern of Alabama, Oklahoma, in, in Tennessee and Mississippi, all the states that have some sort of produce that can be brought into the rest of the country and has to be picked, has to be processed, and has to be packaged are all done by these farm workers. And these advancements in these these local groups and situations are helping to be able to reestablish that. That way they're being represented. That way it's not just continuous menial labor and almost indentured servitude. And this is one of the other things that we have to remember when it comes to jobs like this is that somebody's going to do them. And it's more than likely always going to be us who's going to do them. Because there's no other way to be able to bring money home. There's no other way to be able to continue bringing money home. And like I said, at this point, I consider myself very, very fortunate because of the position where I am, where I can freely speak like this about the current situation. Because now I'm no longer in that situation. I'm very fortunate, but I understand the trials and tribulations. And I will not look down upon a person for doing any of those jobs. One of the final things I want to bring in when talking about the jobs in the current market with, with illegal immigrants and with people in our communities all over the United States as well as around the world is that there shouldn't be a stigma be tied to all of these jobs. There's some sort of embarrassment, yes. There's going to be some sort of personal disdain towards what you're doing and people will look down upon you. But I've never thought of it being one of those defining situations where... Your job is the ultimately is the ultimate defining factor of who you are, of your current status. 
your ability to be able to have financial freedom and to be able to have financial situation handled is a very big staple when it comes to status in society. But jobs truly don't dictate a certain level of hierarchical status in the world from personal experience. Because I'll reiterate what I've said in the first episodes is that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who anybody is. And I'm not going to exclude myself out of it. Us, as human beings, as creatures, are stupid. And we begin to give importance to ridiculous things. And one of these status symbols is the job market. And I will put this even more because I have met many, many very smart individuals, outstanding individuals that are in high-paying jobs, are in high positions of power within their structures, within their companies, within their environments of where they're currently working at. And honestly, I'd be more ashamed to be associated with them than to be doing the job of a janitor, to be doing the job of a picker, of a dishwasher, of a construction worker, of a landscaper. Because just like the meme, it ain't much, but it's honest work. Your toilet's going to be clean. That damn bathroom's going to be sure sparkling. You're missing dishes out in the out in the kitchen to be able to serve. Don't worry. I have you. I got you, man. Five, seven, eight, twenty, two hundred loads of dishes per day being sent out just to be able to ensure that people are being fed and you have pride and honor in the honest work that you're doing, even though it's not much. I'll cut the grass. I'll edge the clippings. I'll take care of those weeds. Do you need a sprinkler system installed? Do you need a fence put up? What about that concrete? Maybe you need a replacement. I will do that. And I will take honor and pride in what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Because it's not much, but it's honest work. When you come home from your from your six-figure salary job, and you come home and it's clean, it's fresh, your towels are folded, your clothes are folded, your hardwood floors are swept, your Black & Decker stove, refrigerator, toaster oven are shiny, your dishes are put away, and all the lint and hair from your pet has been taken care of. That's something that I take pride in because it's not much, but it is honest work. So in total, I just want to say to close this portion off is that when it comes to jobs, when it comes to being the person and an individual doing any type of labor, of any sort, as an illegal immigrant from any country. And I will not single out any individual country because we're all citizens of this world and we all have come to the United States for many reasons. But when it comes to jobs and what has to be done, the first people that are going to be doing them are going to be illegal immigrants. We'll handle those jobs. We'll make sure that if it needs to be done, it's going to get done. If there's money to be paid, it's going to get paid, but because the job is going to get done. There is no hesitation in what needs to be done. And once it's done and complete, you better bet and you better understand that I'm going to take a lot of pride and a lot of honor in how that job is completed and how it looks at the very end. Because it's not much, but it's honest work. It really is. So to close off the episode, I want to go over a couple of the jobs that I've been fortunate enough to be able to have prior to to joining the military, but also prior to being able to be a citizen and a resident, a green card holder of the United States. From a very young age, I, just like many of my cohorts, 
and people in my community and illegal immigrants and a lot of ethnic groups have worked from a very young age. From a very young age, I can still remember that when we first moved to Reno, the first job that I had was working as a ranch hand in a ranch with my parents, wrangling horses, herding, feeding cows, making sure that the property was taken care of thoroughly and that with its benefits, it made me proud to take that job in hand and to be able to add that to my belt of experience. As I grew older, from about 6 to 10 years old, that's when my mom was actually working in restaurants. She worked at a server at a Chinese restaurant. And days when I was going to school, after school, I would stop by during her break and I would visit. And I would earn my keep. Sometimes she would sit me down with the rest of the servers and even the owners to be able to have their their break at about 3 o'clock when school got out. And with that added benefit of getting a free meal, that meal wasn't free. She ensured and she understood to instill the fact that that meal was going to get paid for one way or another. And like I've said before, was it intentionally? Was it unintentional? Whichever it was, she would always tell me, hey, go help server such and such clear up her tables. Go help server such and such take this table. Because she understood the hard labor of being a server, but also the necessity of me having to earn my keep, my meal for that day. And it wasn't some weird, oh, you're only going to eat because you worked. No, it's the, this is what it takes to be able to get you fed. I want you to understand that this is the hard work that it takes to make sure that your siblings are fed, that these other servers, families, or people that they take care of have to do to be able to feed themselves and feed them. And occasionally, even when I helped out during that time frame, I would receive a couple tips from the servers and I would outright deny it because all I was doing was helping. But they would insist. They would insist on at least giving me five, ten dollars. I'm like, no, those those are your tips. Those are your tips. Like, no, you helped me out. You helped me out clear three, four tables while I sat down and while I ate. It's just like, you deserve this. This is you. This is your money. You're doing a good job. You're doing great work. Your mom is raising a great man. And I get that now. So if you've ever been in that situation where one of your parents has put you to work in that hand, in that situation like that, I hope you embraced it. And I hope you understood that at that time, it wasn't a punishment. Much more a lesson to be able to understood now as an adult, if you were able to retain that as an adult. That right there was one of my first server jobs. As well, a lot of jobs that I used to do on the weekends with my dad and my uncles was we used to go work for somebody my dad knew and he would hire us for the weekend, especially during the hard frigid winters of Northern Nevada because he understood and he recognized the hard work that was being put in by his employees. My dad being one of his employees during the summer the hot sweltering summers of 100 degrees, putting down asphalt, putting down pavement, doing this type of construction work, and understanding and recognizing that by the time winter came, this job was essentially done until the next season. And how would we, me, my mom, my other siblings, be fed when my dad couldn't work? So that's what he did. He hired us. So between the age of six to about 16, a typical job and another thing that I would do on the weekends where the initial story comes in from is we would wake up early 
we would wake up early around 5.30, 6, eat our breakfast, have some cafecito, and be ready to go out into the world in the dead of winter to be able to go do these jobs, these manual labor jobs for, for my dad's boss, who would pay us by the hour, he would pay us the rate that was deserved. And that's where I would get some of my spending money for school, for new clothes, for new shoes, for some school equipment, things like that. These are things that I had to do as a child to be able to have some money in my pocket. And as well, one of the last jobs that I had while working on my process of residency to be able to get my green card was laying down concrete along with doing landscaping. And it's a very typical cliche where you always hear about how the Mexicans or the Hispanics or whatever are always lined up outside of Home Depot waiting for a job, waiting to get into a pickup truck and waiting to get picked up to be able to go do a job. Luckily for me, I never had to experience that in such a small town that close to Reno. I was very fortunate for that. But with that fortunate stroke of luck, I also understood that there were certain things that had to be done beforehand to be able to establish those jobs and get those jobs ready. So although it seems very cliche and a very common thing, I still take a lot of pride in that job because just like how I used to work with my dad on the weekends, I would also used to work with my uncle doing landscaping, putting down sprinkler systems, putting down grass. A lot of these jobs prepared me for a lot of these things that I have done while in the military, while I've experienced life as an adult. And these jobs in menial labor, menial labor have prepared me for everything and anything that is gonna come at me from here on out. So what I wanna do with closing it off is just say the same saying. Nadie te va a dar esos cinco dólares sentado en el sillón. It's not a very literal type of saying nowadays. With the advent of YouTube, Twitch, streaming, especially podcasts just like this, and as well as all these other platforms. But the saying itself isn't so little. The saying itself encompasses everything that it takes to be a hardworking person, an individual of fortitude, an honest worker, somebody who takes pride and honor in what they do, how they do it, and when they do it every single day. They're not willing to take the low end of the road, but have to travel it at times. That if it weren't for circumstances, they'd be pursuing something greater. And even in these low circumstances, they're still pursuing something greater. That saying encompasses everything that I ever grew up with. From day one of my first time getting my hands dirty, getting blisters on my hands, up until now. If I were to leave my current job and have to work and have to make ends meet somehow, I am not above anybody going back to landscaping, to construction, to being a server to be able to do what I have to do, to be able to bring that money home, to be able to bring those $5 home. Because I'm very proud of everything and all the jobs and experiences that I have had. And if you've been ever in this situation, if you've caught yourself or have found yourself thinking, these are menial jobs, these are things that shouldn't be honorable, then you really have a lot to think about because these are just experiences. And as I've mentioned before, life is all about experiences. This is just another experience in your road of life. Because taking into account that saying, nobody's gonna give you those $5 sitting on the couch. So go out there, do what you gotta do to be able to bring that money home, to be able to get paid.